Welcome to People More Interesting Than Me, the podcast, where I step back and let fascinating individuals take the spotlight. Join me as I sit down with incredible guests who captivate and inspire, showcasing their stories, experiences, and wisdom that make them truly extraordinary. Tune in for engaging conversations that'll leave you enlightened and entertained. I mean, at least I'm entertained. Today, we have phenomenal guest and friend, the extraordinary Chrissy Colvin. In this episode, we embark on a candid conversation with Chrissy about her decision to freeze her eggs. Join us as we explore the intricacies of the process, unravel the emotional journey, and delve into the challenging dance between pursuing a successful career and the desire to start a family. Chrissy's story is both inspiring and relatable, making the episode a must-listen for those navigating the intersection of career ambitions and family planning. Get ready for a compelling dialogue that sheds light on the decisions that many of us grapple with. Enjoy. Are you talking about like men like you who like already have children? Like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I know, I know that's a completely different scenario, but it's like you, you're starting to transition the organs. You know what I mean? Like we're at that age where that's like starting to obviously people's backs hurts and stuff like that but this uh-huh. is like more of like a a planned retirement for your sexual organs i mean or- i really yeah i um okay so you're talk okay you're not talking about a group of people that would be having vasectomies like early in life as no no of- no i'm talking about like so uh, you were calling me old and telling me i should be thinking about retiring my no i'm just saying organs. like uh, some of us just still go out even john mark mentioned getting a vasectomy and it's just weird to think about that because when you think of that kind of stuff you think about like you know like when we grew up in the 90s and the 2000s like a vasectomy was like an old person thing to get you know what i mean like it's like a colonoscopy i won't have to do that until i'm like in the nursing home i'm just kind of curious like how many older people are getting vasectomies like you you were a lot of well, older men having sex with women of reproductive age like well interesting that you it's it, just interesting. Uh, of my of my age yes i mean but i i mean, like now we're so you're calling us old again no no i'm not i'm not calling you old i'm just I it's just to- it's just the facts of the the fertility yeah. i'm going and with fertility age and that's all i'm saying i'm not yeah no I'm, and I and and when I when I if I do mention age, it's more like me thinking about what my image of um and yeah. not the eggs at all. Cause I had no I I had no idea about that stuff till you know sexual education classes, like mm-hmm. the eggs. And even even the vasectomy, like I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Um, but it's more like my image of the thought of this is something that you do when you're older, whereas yeah. that's completely not true if anything that's a stupid and totally uneducated opinion on my part no well i do think that you should work in some like special effects like every time you accidentally call me old like a tally should be going off (laughs) so uh that's funny no but i think you're you're kind of hinting at you're getting at like the shifts probably i mean definitely in our lifetimes of these like lifestyle choices where i was just reading about like as i was getting prepped for all of this i was reading about how we're in a an age where or in in a time where women are more likely to give birth in their 30s and in their 20s for the first time like ever and so um yeah it's just about lifestyle choice like when do you want to start your family? What are the things you like, like in my situation, and I think we'll touch on finances and stuff too. Like I was in no financial situation to be considering having a family probably until like three years ago, like in my opinion, Mm -hmm. like it was really, 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 really important for me to reach like specific financial milestones before I even started considering it. And so so okay. we can cut anything like we can talk about my previous employer and we should 
because when we get to the financial aspect of this, what made freezing my eggs possible and what also like contributed to a little bit of urgency here was my employer because they have a benefit. So they have this kind of like revolutionary and you should do a more research, like Sheryl Sandberg for as much shit as she gets as a person and like what she did with the in the ads business. What she did do is she started this trend in the technical space, like in the technical companies. So Facebook, Google, Apple, where someone, some employer, some employee came to Sheryl Sandberg and was like, hey, I have, I want you to know that I have cancer and I can't get our insurance to cover like, freezing my eggs. Because if you have cancer and you go through chemo and radiation, like that really, really affects your fertility. It, it makes it nearly impossible to have children. And so she, this employee had said to Sheryl Sandberg, like, I have cancer and I can't get our insurance to cover the fertility treatments that I need before I go into chemo and radiation. And should you cover it? And Cheryl Sandberg was like, yeah, of course, we should be covering this. We were talking about how like growing up, this isn't something that we would consider ever. And I don't, I don't know a lot about vasectomies, but what I do know is that egg freezing, like the crypto preservation of eggs wasn't like was labeled as experimental until 2012. So very recently, was it even accessible to people outside of these like experimental things, I guess. And so they lifted that in 2012. And then in 2014, what was so revolutionary about what happened at Facebook Meta or Facebook, Google, Apple was like, now all of a sudden it was a benefit that was offered to its employees. Um, and there's a lot of like, if you really dove into what that means, like at the time there was a lot of controversy around like, well, are women just expected to delay? Are women expect, like, is this signaling to women you should delay having children so that you can work at our company longer? Was like a lot, like there was a lot of conversation around that at the time. And it's something I think about a lot actually, because my current, company where I work at now after I was laid off from my former job um, offers comprehensive health insurance with elective abortion care, but it doesn't offer um, infertility benefits at all. And so it's just really interesting to think about like, and again, I, I don't even know if we should like wander down abortion, like, during, I don't know, and maybe that's a different podcast, but like, it's just interesting to think about like your employer will offer you certain benefits. And I don't know what, like, I don't know what I, what, how I feel about it sometimes. Like it obviously is beneficial to your employer for you to not leave the workplace because of your life. It's more beneficial for your employer to work for you to work at your job. So it's just kind of interesting to think about. Yeah, no, no, you, you make some good points because I mean, I think I read a couple of studies recently and most, most of them there were done recently with like teleworking and, yeah. um, basic unlimited PTO and, and four day work weeks, which is not, not the studies I, I'm citing now, but you did unlimited PTO. Obviously there is like a, uh, overall it made people happy, happy to come to your job. And as long as your job obviously had some type of purpose too, like yeah. it wasn't something that was like soul crushing, like telemarketing. Yeah. No, I'm fine with saying telemarketing soul crushing. Um, (laughs) but yeah, and like, yeah. And overall, those are, those are like the type of benefits that I think people look for when they're looking for a job. Like, for example, and another big thing was like my, my job offers federal holidays off, but we don't offer, um, like Christmas to new year's, which is becoming now kind of like a, like a thing now in the U S whereas I think when I was younger, it wasn't a thing or I'm saying that from like a Safeway, Benny's Pizza, you know, like, like. No, that's true. I remember my parents like going into work in between. I mean, there's been a lot of it. I mean, COVID really sped a lot of things up, right? But like, there's been a lot of advancement in like the types of benefits that are offered that are, I mean, it's about attracting talent. And to a certain extent, it's about attracting like technical talent. And because there was a market that was saturated for so long, so they needed like companies were trying to make themselves look more attractive and it like it worked and maybe a a, like unintentional side effect was like 
employer employees are more likely to stay at companies that value their time and as mm-hmm. human like, value yeah. them as yeah. human beings. Or like even if they don't pretend to, like, you know, it's some of these at my former comp- business company, um, you could take off, you had like a certain amount of times you could take off to take care of your like sick kid or whatever. And that matters too, obviously. Yeah. A small antidote, like what we were saying is value your time. Like, I think there's this small story or something or video I saw where this guy was um, complaining that he couldn't find good people or was talking about, like, for example, at your previous job, this was probably a thing where you had a seasoned person who could do something within, let's say, two hours, but it would take another person, let's say, two weeks. Mm -hmm. Do you pay that person who does the two hours the same amount of time? you get what I'm saying? Like it goes to like, would you rather pay me like pay this highly skilled person for two hours, the same amount of money that you pay this other person two weeks at a time? So, so interesting. And anecdote that will like likely have to cut like this is what i loved about working it was like (laughs) i love where you're like we're gonna we're gonna cut this out i i cannot name them by name i cannot like it's in my i don't want you obviously i don't want you to no i mean i can talk about like generally the tech like i can say i worked at a tech company i cannot say i worked it but like something that i loved about working it is they wanted to pay highly skilled people a lot of money to work really quickly and to like fail first was the culture like fail fast fix it fix whatever you broke like and so like it i it it's so not to use a word it's such a triggering word to me now (laughs) but the word like efficiency that was the culture you pay skilled people to do their job quickly so that we can like if you want innovation to happen, you can't like hire the the guy that's going to take two weeks to do the job. Like you just, you got to move quick. You got to pay for the good meat. That's what you, if you want a good meal, you got to pay for the good meat. It's yeah. true though. I mean. No, you're right. I feel like I should also say that I am very grateful that my current employer offers health insurance with elective abortion coverage. I just was noting, noticing as I, cause I just did open enrollment. Like I was noticing the lack of other benefits that I had when I worked, you know, when I had great benefits. It does matter. Like, how long do people stay at companies where, like, benefits more so as an adult than I was when I was in my early 20s? I'm like really looking at those benefit packages to make sure that they're aligned with my life, like, truthfully, like my life. Style. It's It's funny how, I mean, obviously, salary is huge, but yeah. when it comes down to it, salary is usually like second or third on like, yeah. I mean, obviously, you want the salary. Say the salary is twenty thousand more than what you want, but it's like a an hour drive to where you're going. Or I'm not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like my perfect job, which I, it's not technically what I have now, would be somewhere I could bike to work. I'd love that. Like when yeah. I at tech, I used to I used to bike to class all the time. It was it was beautiful. I I never, and it, it was amazing. Have like, you I seen all it. those memes that are like the reason that people love college so much is that it's like the first and maybe only chance you have to live in a walkable city, and it makes me think of Blacksburg. So because I I didn't have a car ever in Blacksburg, and I didn't need one. And I yeah I know I miss it. I miss it. We should just kidnap everyone and take them all back, right? Um. Back. So to get back to the main line that that is such a crazy idea you even said the idea that was in my head about how giving that option and that coverage of like freezing your eggs be like hey i still i i want a professional career and i wanted to get it established because when i'm out and about with kara like i'll see like older couples that are like um you know like 35 40 and they have kids and and i just think like they're when you add your special effects, that is that's like, one of them. Well, no, no, but but what I'm saying is they have a kid, which yeah. is ten years later than like me and Kara have a kid, mm-hmm. uh, and I just think it like, um, uh, like they must have like focused on their careers. They must be very well off now, where it was a little difficult, like with my work and like doing that with the last three years. So I I totally understand that perspective. 
it's kind of like just like you said the benefits maybe like when you have an established career that's something you have enough leverage to use yeah and i mean it's not leverage certainly like as you're climbing the ranks you i mean typically you'll have I'm just thinking about PTO, like your PTO, your time off or away from work would increase generally, but that's not even what we're talking about. Like how significant is like an extra few days off or whatever, but like, it's more like, I think it's more about at least what I'm thinking about is like, it's more about being really discerning about the types of benefits that you'll take. Like you were just talking about like, it could be $20,000 more, but it's an hour commute both ways. So like, you're not able to spend time with your family. Like you're not going to take that job then. Like once you're established in your career, you have 10 years of experience. You really get to be a little bit more discerning about your, how your job fits into your life. And again, I think COVID and the pandemic really shifted this conversation forward at a rate that, um, was amazing. (laughs) Like I know COVID was terrible. It was a disaster. It was a disaster, but the way that it has transformed work, I think, really mattered, and the it, the way it transformed how people think about work, really mattered. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's it could certainly be leverage, but it's also about like some things are more valuable to me than my job and the type of work that I do, and you know, I've I've reached these financial milestones. I'm I'm can do it I know that I can have kids and I can have like all the things that we need and some of the things that we want at least some of the things that we want and so like then you get to start making different decisions about work and how important it is to you and how often you want to do it and you want your kids to see you know it's really important for kids to see happy parent or to have happy parents not like all the time of course but like if you're miserable at work have you seen How I Met Your Mother and like the chain of screaming? I haven't you- seen the chain of screaming, but I can understand what you're, yeah, you're saying. Like, Domino effect. Is yeah, that like kind your of- boss is screaming at you. So you come home and scream at whoever and then you like scream at the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, your kids are going to pick up on if your job is draining your life out of you, like your life force out of you. And so I think it's, I mean, there's just like a lot of conversation to be had about work, I think. And I'm glad. I'm grateful that COVID has like forced some of those conversations to front and center. Well, it's it's actually kind of amazing because I don't think there there was like no other way to make that such a quick transition from like where we were before COVID to now, like teleworking wise. Can you even imagine if anything, it would have been like a slow. Yeah. And, and you can even see that like the transition, like it would never happen with all these dc real estate people trying to pull back like all these government people with Mm -hmm. all these like um you know like local food places and all this business that's like decreasing because of the lack of government workers in dc and that goes to capital one like Mm -hmm. wizards and capital yeah no i was just thinking about that like downtown dc like really took a hit when people stopped coming into the office like um and it like has been true and clear and it's like killed certain benefit or certain businesses. And it's, it's, I don't know. There's like this tension around like, Oh no, the local economy. And then it's like, it's still like workers are like, okay, but we're not coming back. So you have to figure something else. Yeah. Out. Like, and I think they just need to pivot to be fair. Like yeah. what some cool <laughs> things I've seen, which won't relate to solutions for DC was like, you know how all these like mall i mean the malls were going down before Mm -hmm. but they've been like i I saw one that was turning into like a like for community college like they were changing all these like oh "Oh, yeah like foot locker it's gonna be uh for you know like english 101 you know i'm going to class at foot lock another the new river valley mall has nrvcc i have taken those classes yeah yeah I mean, but that exists in the same, like, there's still a, a mall. But I mean, like, the whole, like, mall is, well, like, the university. And there's a lot, like, I don't remember which source I was reading. And this, this was years ago. But there's, like, a whole conversation about, like, what should happen when, you know, in several years when we're not afraid of COVID, the virus anymore, like, after the vaccinations are, like, more mainstream or whatever. 
And it was like, well, should we think about um, changing zoning? So like not every building is zoned a specific way. So maybe you can live in like floors one through six of this building and then six through 12 will be office space or like a shared office space that you can use if you want it. Um, no, it's, it's, and there's a lot of like innovation that was forced. Although I will say, and this somewhat relates. So the tech sector had like a major boom in 2020 because everything shifted, like the entire economy shifted to e-commerce. So like all of those ads dollars were funneling into, uh, companies that are, tech. Like, that are like, that are online and it also was like what spurred the quick growth of the metaverse like it was no longer an idea we we've come into all of this money there's a shift in how people are conducting business and living their lives so like we need to move into the more immersive technology and so like all of that happens and then clockwork like 2022 things were shifting away from e-commerce businesses were looking at their budgets for advertising and they were pulling back on targeted advertising. So like that shift was happening while I was employed in the tech sector and is what led to me getting laid off, which is also what led to me this kind of like urgency around like freezing my eggs because I had as part of my severance package, I had a benefit that was expiring in December. Man, so was, you just answered my question. I was going to say, since you lost the job, don't you think you'd be kind of scared to, uh, so yeah, what's, what's that benefit like longevity wise? Cause we'll talk about this later or talk about it now, but I mean, you have to pay for freezing or is that kind of included in the package? Yeah. Great question. So it is. So the benefit was it's how it works is you get like four full IVF, like life cycle things that you get like you have four full cycles that you can use it's a lifetime benefit as long as you're working at the company so I'm no longer working there but I had this benefit because of my severance package through the end of this year so a full IVF cycle is like you start with crypto preservation of the eggs and then you move into the actual in vitro fertilization and then implantation so you have four like cycles of doing that um, so crypto preservation is half of a life cycle. And so with that comes, I think typically three years of storage, but because I no longer work there after January, I think I'm only getting the first year covered through this benefit. And so I will eventually have to pay to keep, like they are frozen and then I'll have to pay like storage fees isn't that isn't that crazy to you yeah it it really is um it really 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 is the i think people think it's really expensive though and i mean it's it is it's not zero dollars to freeze them but it's also like it's like a thousand dollars a year to keep them that's that's not bad at all like when you when you think about it when you really think about it you're you're paying for a carpool freezer that you're like <laughs> it's and, like and, certain, yeah like tell me if i'm wrong is there like, anything is there anything besides keeping the temperature the same is there anything that they have to do you know no. besides that like no. they don't have to like check anything they don't have to i don't know i have no idea okay what, like what they actually do to maintain the eggs all i know is that i am not worried about it but but that's what i'm saying like a thousand dollars a year that's like when you break that down to monthly, that's not, that's nothing. That's no. less than a hundred dollars a month. That's a rental storage unit costs yeah. more than that. Yeah. And that is just like one quote I've seen. I've seen quotes like at long-term store. So uh, through this, through my clinic, the clinic's policy is they'll retain them for you for five years. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to keep them longer than five years, you have to move them from my clinic to a long-term facility and so some of the long-term facilities like the quotes are actually like lower on the lower end and then in some clinics like I'm sure that it's more expensive but for me I saw like between 750 to like 1250 a year okay so like it'll definitely range depending on like your circumstance whatever and um but that's not like a lot of money 
I, it is <laughs> like I should never say no no that no no I, I, I get what you're saying but it's when you're worth it to me yeah no no it's I, like, that's your future I, I mean I totally get it what you're saying and two questions I have but I don't I don't think I don't think you'll be able to answer it but like what does the transfer process look like like oh I imagine it's like crank and Jace's Jason Statham, where you have to get it there within like a, a 30 second window. It's got to be under dry ice and it's got one know. of those. I don't know. Someone should look it up. I have no idea what it looks like. I just am assuming that they've done it before and they would tell me of any of the risks of moving them and I'll like make it an informed decision at that point. Um, right. But I have no idea what it's and actually like. It is something that has worried me before because of this exact scenario that you're describing. I'm like, how do they get them there? yeah like literally how what's the mechanics of that no it it would it would be crazy it, i mean it would probably i'm probably dra dramatizing traumatizing what am i trying to say that Her sounds right we'll go with hyperbolizing but <laughs> what i imagine is something like like a transplant like a liver transplant we've got to get it there but, i feel like that is just on tv though like oh i know i know you know what i mean like yeah. I don't think they're putting my eggs on a helicopter in like a cooler or whatever. Yeah. Hopefully, not. Hopefully they figured something else out. My other question I'm was, sure. oh, sorry, keep going. I'm sure it's like a truck, like a frozen like truck. An egg how, truck. How it's probably it in the the uh, regular chicken eggs truck, right? Oh Gotta keep God. it cold. Did I, you probably saw when I posted about this on Instagram, a friend of mine had said like, congratulations on finally being a, a real farmer because of your egg harvest <laughs> it's just so and this person like knows that you know my family has like this little backyard farm and I love to go and like cosplay being a farmer sometimes and like I, it's funny you like, use the word cosplay I'm I live in the city like I'm not a farmer I would love to like have a vegetable garden but I can't keep plants alive like and so what actually is like a chicken egg like you know that like not every chicken egg is fertilized like and chickens like hens that don't have sex still lay eggs isn't that people don't know that wait i i thought that was a thing yeah like you i mean you only have chickens unless they're fertilized by a rooster like nope. you haven't well not every egg is fertilized. well not every just like you can't every time you you don't necessarily have a uh a child so, sorry there doesn't I... have to be like a rooster at all oh i did not know that no there's no rooster like there's no you don't need a rooster have you ever have you ever like read that. there's a new book i'm reading i'm not gonna i'll cut this part out but it's called red queen and it talks about stuff like this um and it talks about how humans shouldn't exist and how like organisms that are this is so so i'm really sorry to cut you off i took an evolutionary biology class in college i don't know if no, I took an evolutionary biology class in college, and I remember two things from that class. The first thing I remember is our professor was like, I don't really care what your religious beliefs are. This class is, she didn't say it like this, but she was like, some of you might have these religious beliefs, and I'm wanting you to know we're not here to change your religion. And then the second thing that I remember is like learning the how improbable it like humans should not be on planet earth like they just shouldn't like everything had to happen in a very specific sequence at a very like if like the earth had been half a degree turned a different way or if the temperature was like half a degree different like humans would not exist and so like the series of events that had to like go into place for you yeah. to exist is just like it's insane so there's a book i want to read this book now because it's something i think about all the time yeah, you should definitely read it because it, I mean, it it delves into that and it delves into like genetics and I want to read it. What's it called? It's called Red Queen. Okay. But back to what we were saying, I think my last question is what happens when you don't pay? <laughs> like what if they say, hey, or they can't get a hold of you, or yeah. What it's happens good... to the eggs? really good question and i should follow up with my clinic because obviously it's going to be a different structure now that i don't have the same insurance but like i'm assuming so something i did want to touch on 
that was like kind of alarming, but maybe it shouldn't have been was when I was initially going through the consultation process and giving, signing all of those, that paperwork and all of those waivers, I had to fill out like, what do you want to happen to these eggs if you die? And like, I was like, I don't know. Like, (laughs) I haven't thought that far ahead. And so like, um, I'm sure I can go back and change it should like life circumstances change and like my family wants to hold on to them or like, whatever but like I like right now they're going to science and so I'm assuming that I probably signed a waiver that was like if I'm delinquent delinquent in payment that it'll like it'll be donated or whatever a storage Um, wars type situation (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's exactly like that um yeah so that's what I assume I mean I assume that I won't have they're not my eggs anymore if I'm not paying for the man that's crazy though to think about that it's just like because that goes into the same like thought of uh what's that called the placenta like no what I'm saying is like a big thing that people don't know like when you have the baby the placenta comes out Mm -hmm. and you can even take the placenta back because some people some people like it and like eat it and stuff well also it can be used like for stem cell like yeah it's very good for that and that's what it's used for like people don't know that they take it and they give it like they give it for science but i don't know how it works with insurance and stuff like that if that's like included like like in your rate and stuff like that to help Yeah, I, I want to look into that just because, but yeah, they make, they eat it. I think that's crazy though. Well, that's I nice. knew that the placenta was like full of stem cells and that it could be used. I just didn't, I've never thought of the logistics of like how you get it to science. But that's the thing, like you can freeze it yourself. Like that's another thing that can be like put on ice, like for, crazy. yeah. And sounds I, miraculous. <laughs> too miraculous. <laughs> but, uh. But I think it's going to be completely different anyways in 10 years. Mm -hmm. And that's just because of Grey's Anatomy. You saw baby in a bag, right? (laughs) No, I have no idea what you're talking about. But I believe that there is some Grey's Anatomy episode about (laughs) babies in a bag. That sounds about right to me. And and I know, I guess, based on the huge bag of medical supplies you showed me, like that involved, obviously, like boosting your... I don't even know what the levels are, but the hormones or mm-hmm. whatever you needed to do right before your egg drop. Is that yeah. the correct term, egg drop? <laughs> I don't know. No, it's actually, they. yeah. Uh, no, they don't drop. Um, they mature. And so the there were three hormones that I took. Well, there was actually four because you start, like I can just go through the entire process and what it was like. So you start at a, with like, you're suppressing ovulation, which is essentially just like you're taking a hormonal birth control. Mm-hmm. And then they are taking your blood a bunch to measure like specific hormone levels. And then at a certain stage, you stop taking the birth control. They go in, they do another blood test. And then they say like, you're either okay or not okay for and again, I, I wish I knew more about how to talk about this more eloquently. We do have friends that could probably talk to you about this more eloquently than I do. But then they put they move you from this ovulation suppression stage into a stimulation phage, like a follicle mm-hmm. stimulation. So there are two main hormones, a follicle stimulation hormone and then a luteinizing hormone. So that is really just like stimulate growth mm-hmm. and like stimulate more than one egg growing at a time. So like you're not just retrieving one egg which is typically what happens during like a normal ovulation yeah. menstruation process. Like it's just one egg. And so these hormones are like to make them bigger and to make more than one of them grow at the same time. That's crazy. I and didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. And so that happens. And then I had, I took a third hormone injection, Ganorelics. So the first two were Menopure and Gonal F. And then the third one they introduced is called Ganorelix. And it's to, it's um, it's an antagonist. So it's to prevent 
premature ovulation. So you're uh, not like all of those eggs are essentially like staying in your ovaries instead of being instead of going through an ovulation. Well, it sounds like a very like like if you know it so well, it sounds like it's it I'm down to a science, but it sounds like they actually have a procedure oh, yeah. that's that's kind of like Yeah, they call it a protocol. And I was like, what? <laughs> like I am not a robot at work. Like, what is it? Yeah. So they handed me this. They're like, your protocol is attached. And I was like, what are you talking about? But it's like, it's exact. Like they know exactly which day of your cycle that you need to move through, like specific. And they, they know what to look for. Um, Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. What Like, <laughs> I don't know what amount of information is too much information. I had to have a lot of um, ultrasounds and th so that they could identify the number of follicles in my ovaries. And like they would like it would take like 10 seconds and they would be like, yep, you're good. You have 22. And I was like, what are you seeing? Like, I can't see shit. <laughs> I don't see like what are you seeing that I'm not seeing like I don't know what's going on and so eventually they got like pretty enlarged and I and I, probably just because I had gone so many times for these ultrasounds I could finally like distinguish what was like I was like mm -hmm. oh that looks like a follicle to me so um I lost my train of thought on what I was trying to tell you but no it's like exact it is certainly not experimental anymore there are people that really know day by day what exactly they you're expected to like which hormone what your hormone levels are supposed to look like what it like so it's like a tamagotchi <laughs> sure it's like that it's a lot like that it's the egg truck and the tamagotchi if you just put those two principles together that's exactly what it looks like okay. um but yeah no and yeah it's amazing and i was I am healthy. Like they, my clinic made it very clear that they don't do fertility. They're not testing fertility, but like based on all the preliminary stuff, like there's nothing that would suggest that I should have any difficulty getting pregnant and I'm healthy. Like I, I don't have cancer. I'm not going into chemo. Like, so this was actually a fairly like easy, like they knew what to expect I know it's like a textbook presenting like case for what yeah. they would expect. There was nothing so, like, out of the ordinary. You had perfect health, blood pressure. Yeah. So it was like down to like, this should happen on day one. This should happen on day three. This should like, and so, and like all of it was happening appropriately. So like there of course are, I'm sure like much different cases for yeah. everyone. But like for me, I was, I keep saying boring. I know this process isn't boring. I shouldn't take it for granted, but like, I was like, yeah. No, I totally get it. Check, 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 check. All so I've, I have two more technical questions. One would be how many, so you said 22 follicles did it end up with? Oh, 22. Well, okay. 22 was on the high end of what we saw. So I actually had two, um, I had an ultrasound one month before we started suppression that actually was pretty high. Like the number of follicles they were seeing was pretty high. It was probably like mid twenties. And then I was so upset when the, I was so, I was like devastated. I didn't know how to receive this news. I went in for a second, which again, it's just because I didn't know anything and like I'm healthy and like, I'm like not this is all part of the plan to them. They understand. But yeah. You... So they were expecting like a certain, they're like, you should have no problem like at all. Like you should be able to freeze, you know, 15 to 18 follicles the cycle and so I go in the second time and they're seeing like 19 immature follicles like this cycle I only had like 19 that they were seeing and um of those 19 we were able to retreat we I didn't do anything except go to sleep um we were the very qualified care team retrieved 17 of those and of those 17 14 of them were healthy enough to like actually be frozen so what they say is, and fertility are like, doctors are never going to tell you ever. This is not something that I heard from a doctor. My doctor would never guarantee that you would be able to have a kid. It's the same thing. Like yeah. if I were trying to get pregnant, trying to conceive right now, like no doctor would say like hundred oh, yeah. percent you're going to get pregnant. Um, and so like, there's no, like people talk about this as like an insurance policy, but there's like actually no guarantee that 
this is going to lead to a viable pregnancy. But if you look on Reddit, which is where I get all of my medical advice, people suggest that like 15 eggs is kind of this like magic number where it's pretty likely aside from like things outside of your control, it's pretty likely that you would be able to have at least one child with 15 eggs. And so I got 14. So that it was like, it was actually 14 is a lot. It's a healthy number. Um, but I, I wanted more because I didn't, I really, well, I only had the benefit through a certain number, like through the end of the year. So I knew, and what we haven't touched on is like this procedure is extra, like the medication alone costs thirty thousand dollars without this benefit mm-hmm. like just the meds that doesn't include like all of those visits all of those ultrasounds all of that blood work and then the actual retrieval with anesthesia itself so like just the meds alone are like 30 grand and so without my benefit i was not doing it i was not yeah. going to do it then so like i thought we, we would get more um than 14 but 14 is a good and healthy number I also am like fairly competitive. (laughs) I want the most amount of eggs of any, I, you know. I mean, it's in your blood, right? It's in your blood. Yeah. (laughs) So one, it will probably be a quick question. One was, would you, during this process whatsoever, did you ever think about donating your eggs? Donating them? No. I, no. Um, I haven't gotten that far. I mean, I had a friend who I was trying, I also was trying really, really hard not to get advice from anyone that had already done it, hadn't hadn't done this before because everyone has so like, there is so much opinions, many opinions, and there is so much contradicting information. I mean, I'm sure that Kara knows this too, about like, when you get pregnant, everyone is, or like when you're trying to get pregnant. Oh yeah. I mean, you shouldn't take, work out. You shouldn't like wash your hair with certain. No shit. coffee. Like, it takes a no. village to tell you how to raise your kid. Basically, yeah, it's just like there's so much. There's so many opinions, and like, and so I was only looking. I was only talking to people that I knew that had done this before, and so one of them, one of my a friend had actually done this and sold her eggs. She's like, she's 28 now, so she was like a year or two younger than that when she actually went through it, and so there was like. A moment in my brain that was like should I just be selling like one or two <laughs> like to see like <laughs> what would that but no I mean no I didn't really like ever seriously consider uh-huh. donating them and I I um again I feel very 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 fortunate my doctor when I met with him the first time was like you're awfully young to be considering this and I was like I'm in my 30s like are you sure you and, do look you do look young for your age though. Well he had my whole Do I get I a uh, do I get another sound effect for saying that? You can get a different sound. Yes, I'll allow it. Um no, he was like, you know, you're 31 and healthy, you're like very young to be considering doing this. And I was like, first of all, that doesn't feel true. That's Everyone not your telling that's, me <laughs> since I was twelve that I only had a certain number of time, a certain amount of time, first of all. And um what are you talking about doc like and I mean essentially his point of view was that like you haven't tried to conceive naturally ever and so and there's nothing suggesting that you would have any issue and so this elective procedure this procedure that you are electing to do is very hard on your body um and a lot of like maybe you should consider that you don't have to do this <laughs> was like his point of view yeah yeah because yeah. Um, they always have to do kind of like a devil's advocate they play both sides of it yeah sometimes. and he was actually in that moment I was like you think I'm young that's interesting but he also so I'd also heard that and this was false this was this is not true I had heard this on a reality tv show on Bravo um which is the other place I get all my medical advice is from Bravo too. Um, I had heard, do you know about the scandal for Vanderpump Rules? No, but I know the scandal of the guy who inseminated 60, like, uh, you saw the Netflix special about the... I don't know uh, that I saw a Netflix special, but I did listen. I've like listened to podcasts about it. You should you should watch it. It's okay. and the craziest part is they end with his like 
illegitimate daughter visiting him because he's a but it he doesn't do anything with her but it's just like one of those things where they like hint at it yeah yeah what were you saying with Vanderpump um (laughs) embarrassing but no one of uh there was a couple on Vanderpump rules that like were going through egg freezing and so she had said like her doctor had told her if you fertilize these eggs with sperm there's like more longevity there like there's more like the last longer whatever I had heard I've heard something like that but so I and then I was working with um so there's like this mediator between my insurance company and the clinic that's like specialized and like here's what you can expect financially and like yada yada yada. yeah and so I was mentioning I was asking questions to them about like should I be considering fertilizing these and freezing embryos instead of eggs and they like so I was asking them about like should I um be thinking about creating embryo or freezing embryos instead of eggs and they had said like well it's certainly like financially advantageous for you to do that now instead of later and so I was freaking out because I hadn't been considering creating a child or like so you were looking you're did you start yeah you're looking for sperm I went on a clinic I went or I went on like a donor bank and I like started thinking about it and then I like got very overwhelmed and and then I had an appointment shortly after with my doctor who actually was like first of all no like that's not true eggs are fine like they're good forever they're good for as long as you want them frozen and you pay for it they've got no expiration date there's no expiration date and two like do they they don't have an expiration date mm -mm. that's awesome Mm mm-hmm well, I guess the life of the person too. The eggs might well, outlive with you. Yeah. <laughs> you can say that um, about anything. Yeah. Um. Sorry, keep going. No, my doctor was like, no, that's not true. And also like, it's pretty overwhelming. And also it's actually like not that financially advantageous. Like it's one extra step, like, because. No, it, it makes, it makes this. complete sense. It's just like you were on this one path. Yeah. And you knew everything about it. And then and they then, wanted to throw a wrench in it where you're like, oh, now I have to pick out now I have the to. father of my child. Right. And the conversation was, and I'm so grateful for my doctor that was like, don't you think that if you're partnered that like maybe your partner wants some say in there? Because I there's a population of people that I have a lot of respect for that would that would go through this process with the intention of being a single mom by choice and that's not what I want for myself either like I like pretty clearly do not want that for myself so like eventually like wouldn't your partner want some say in what they're even if you are using sperm for whatever reason like wouldn't they want some say and then once they're frozen embryos like they just are what they are and so that really helped me decide in addition to just like I all of a sudden felt very overwhelmed about needing yeah. to pick up again, like the father of my children. Like, yeah, makes complete I, sense. Like, I wasn't ready. Ten years <laughs> down the line. Yeah, yeah, like I'm not, I'm not there. So, it goes to that uh, episode, and it's also a really good blooper if you've ever seen it. The office clip where Jan says she went to a very credible sperm bank, and Kevin and it said, was Kevin. <laughs> Yeah, and Kevin says, you mean the one next to the IHOP? Yes. Uh, Okay, my last technical question, then we'll get to the last one. Uh, So you said you've got 14 eggs. What what does it look like? Do you use them in like one go? Like say you want to use them. What does that process look like? No idea? Okay, no problem. Well, I mean, I have a general sense of like, fertilization and then implantation I don't know like how many and then like there's no guarantee that eggs will survive the fall which is part of like the consideration when you're thinking like again no doctor is going to guarantee that you have yeah uh, yeah well obviously they can get sued too plus you don't want to get obviously they never (laughs) get false legal implications but also there's a lot of things that have to happen sequentially and that work like the eggs have to survive a thaw um genetic compatibility implantation is successful and like there's just like so many things the stars have to align not not necessarily but they just like you were 
getting prepared to give the A, just like you had that like three stage process. It's probably just the same thing. <laughs> and you know what the really good thing is that you probably haven't thought of by the time you want to use the eggs the process might even be even better like more than it is today uh -huh. and if you wanted to freeze yourself too you could even do that too my, right my brain yeah we're getting there we're getting there i mean i do think the science is i mean it's again this was labeled an experimental procedure in 2012 so it's been 10 years 11 yeah. years and we're already at this point where it's more accessible you can you can like google exactly what the process would be you can get a financial counselor that'll help you walk through the exact process there are like i was just reading today because i knew this generally but i didn't want to tell you like lies there are 22 states in the u.s and now dc moving into 2024 that like there's some law about infertility benefits have to be included in your benefits package mm -hmm. and like no taxation uh, without representation that's sure no that's dc baby that is dc and so dc in 2024 like if you have dc health link or medicare mm -hmm. your infertility coverage like if you have infertility issues they should be covered by your insurance so you shouldn't be having to spend like however yeah. many tens of thousands of dollars treatments um it's not i was talking to my doctor about this actually too at the onset of our conversations and he was like, it, it, I don't know how realistic it is for people that are electing into, it's an elective procedure. And so I don't know how realistic these laws are, but like, mm -hmm. and like every employer is going to be looking for a loophole, like private insurance might be more expensive for employer, like for employees, um, yada, yada, yada. But like, it's only going to get better. Yeah. I mean, there are some like. With the Roe decision last year, it is something that I've thought about. Like, do I want to keep my eggs frozen in D.C.? Like, do I want to move them to hmm. New York or to a I've state? I've never thought of that. That's that's and very intriguing, not, too. If that's my brain skipping ahead a bunch of steps. Like, there's nothing like... Yeah, yeah. We haven't gotten to a place where people are trying to ban... Handmaiden's Tale. IVF. Yeah. Um. But it is something that I really, like... I've really thought about, and especially with um, implantations that don't go well, and then are those technically abortions mm -hmm. because they were unsuccessful? And like, I don't know. There's a lot to I. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of layers. Yeah, I mean, especially when you bring in new technology to fertility and new reproduction versus like this step backwards we took in the row conversation. It's you know. There's just a lot. There's a lot to consider. Um, and I certainly considered a lot of things. It sounds <laughs> and like I continue to consider things. So are you ready? What is something that your parents did that you'd like to pass on to the next generation to your eggs? <laughs> and what is something that you might do a little bit differently or new that your parents didn't do? Um, yeah, I love that my family had us grow up my brother and I grow up like on land did I talk about this last time on like land with dirt and like when we got bored it was essentially like okay we'll go outside and like I would like I just find so much value in the air the stars like despite everything that was chaotic about my childhood and like if school wasn't going well for me or my brother, like, despite all of that, the actual, like, place we grew up was so tranquil and calm, and, like, there was grass and there were cows, and so I just find a lot of value in you growing You decided up. to move to the city then. But I'm, like, <laughs> I want to be a farmer. I just don't, like, there's, like, these, like, romantic um, feelings I have. Like, I, I really feel, like, going into the garden and picking my, like, salad before dinner it's like such, like I just have such fond memories of doing that and it um I don't know I feel like it's not something that a lot of people have like have and I really yeah. like and so many not so many like a lot of our friends are I say our friends are so scared of kids getting like dirty 
and I just don't relate. Like I was covered in mud as a kid, and I just we have really... different friends. Oh, well, yeah, um, yes, we sure do. We sure do. Um, so I was just like I was dirty as a kid, and I loved that I was outside, and there was like just a lot of outside for me to be on. Um, and in a small, we grew up in a small community. I don't know that I'll pass those things on to my kids, but Thanks. I do appreciate because there are certainly limitations of growing up in a rural community and there's, it's not, and certainly by no definition of the term, was it a diverse space where you were learning a lot, like different worldviews. Um, but I really appreciate it now. Like looking back, I really appreciate it at the time I like couldn't wait to get out and now I like look back and I'm like it was nice it's nice to be able to see the stars um my on the flip side of that the second part of your question my parents I'm sure this is something that you get on your podcast all the time my parents grew up with parents that didn't even know what the term mental health was and so like there was um, and so when my parents were very obviously struggling with mental health or mental illness, like they were not seeking care for themselves because they almost like, in my opinion now, like couldn't verbalize, like didn't have the language to verbalize that they're struggling in a certain way, even mm-hmm. So like, and then there was like this, like, not hesitation, but like, they were trying to control that instead of allowing it be like a manifestation of like, an actual mental illness they were like oh if we just work harder or if we just pretend that it's not there like it'll go away and uh, I have you know the entire time I was going through this egg freezing process and well before this egg freezing process um I have been like in therapy and it's like changed how I think and like all of like it's just helped me so much and so I think that there's a lot to say about like and it's only going to get better like kids are talking about going to therapy much younger I didn't even I wouldn't even acknowledge that depression was a real thing I had like a very controversial opinion in high school I wrote a whole paper about it about like is depression real or not I didn't even know what it like I thought that it was until college and I was like oh like this is some real shit that's going down so I think you know generation after generation we're getting it's getting easier to talk about mental health but I I I don't, I want to make sure that I'm taking care of myself. I want to make sure that I'm taking care of myself and like consider that as part of parenting. Like it's not just, I'll take care of the kids. I'll make sure they're fed. I'll make sure that they've run around outside. Like I'll like do all this stuff. That's not just what parenting is. It's also like taking care of yourself and making sure that you're good too and prioritizing that. So I think that's what I would do differently. Yeah. And yes, a lot of, at least three or four that I can think of the top of my head, they say mental health at least is mentioned in this response. And I totally agree because it goes to the fact that like, and I try to do this as much as possible. And I don't know at what point we talked about this, but um, when you're talking about the screaming, like the chain of screaming, the chain of screaming that like what you, like if you are not taking care of yourself, like you can't a take care of your kids well and b they're just seeing they're just going to learn from your bad habits yeah. of not taking care of yourself and that's why i think i saw some funny post or thing that was like we're the generation that needs to mentally fix ourselves mm-hmm. like and go to therapy and pass that on to the next generation but also deal with our like parents who can't change like show me show me your parents who start going to therapy at like 75 or 78 and i'll be like there's no way like yeah i I, show me the stats of how many people over the age of like 60 and 70 go to therapy and it's like outside of grief right like i feel like maybe at that age kara's mom is a grief counselor she might have like more realistic data but like outside of like your spouse dies and now yeah, you're alone. Yeah. There's no way like, you gotta give it like a huge shove or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Um and even that like you can count like you can manage grief without like actually tackling. Exactly. And then they're like, oh, oh I'm fixed. I don't need to go anymore. 
yeah 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 yeah. um which I don't think ever happens I don't like I recently graduated from therapy and I was (laughs) like you think you fixed me like like, well shit are you positive about that we haven't even talked about my mom yet (laughs) um but no does that make sense I feel like I rambled no it was perfect and by the way thank you very much for doing this I appreciate it I know you I I know based on your Instagram that you're always like I'm like oh what's Chrissy up to today and she's like doing something brand new like oh she's eating cotton candy at like watching the northern lights she's doing something crazy I would like to watch the northern light I've never seen the northern lights so I'll add that to my time to go to Iceland um I'm trying to think if there's anything that I like wanted to talk about that we didn't it doesn't matter now if you like this week's episode of people more interesting than me please follow me on apple podcasts so you won't miss out on more episodes like these